Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm really excited about today's guest, Lindsay McLaughlin. She started out her career in the healthcare profession as a nurse, then did a career transition. She's now a real estate investor. She's She dubs herself as a professional mompreneur, and she's also a CEO. So it's going to be a great conversation for the audience. I think it'll resonate with them. So Lindsay, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, we have um we connected through Podmatch and uh so tell the audience about yourself and how you got started and we'll get we'll get into it. Yeah, sure. Um so you did a great introduction by trade. Uh, I was a nurse for 7 years. I worked in surgery, but meanwhile I was also trying different businesses and you know, trying to do that. My goal was to be completely self-employed by the time I was 30. So I could be with my kids and be my own boss. I ended up quitting my job kind of on a whim by the time I was 29 and haven't have not looked back. I've tried, we've done multiple businesses, but real estate investing was what I went right into. And then that led me to residential assisted living. And I've been building up that business now, teach others in that space and how to how to do that. And uh yeah, you know, I have lived life on my terms. So go for financial freedom, time freedom. And it's been great. That's, that's so awesome. Uh, you know, your story really resonates with mine. I actually did the same thing on a whim, just turned in my keys, badge and pager and, you know, did actually did the same thing. I invested in single family residential real estates. It's interesting how you're, you were always talking about eventually you fi- wanted to find ways to fire your boss and fire your employer, um, which I think everybody should be doing so yeah you know like i said uh one thing is um a lot of healthcare professionals they're kind of golden handcuffed they can't walk away you know they've got family mortgage everything debt and uh so how do you overcome that fear of taking that first step a lot of a lot of healthcare professionals want to do what you do get into real estate you know do other things tell us yeah i think to overcome that fear it's to to really focus on what it is that you want. I know that was for me. You know, I actually felt so trapped working that those 12 hour shifts working in the hospital. I felt so trapped and it just weighed on my chest so heavy that at one point I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, so then to just overcome that fear, you know, in healthcare, we get great benefits, right? The, the 401k and the health insurance and all that. When I talk with a lot of nurses and people in healthcare, 
to go about this. They're like, yeah, but what about that, Lindsay? I'm like, what about that? You know, there's so many other opportunities out there. And I have better health insurance now and I'm paying not much more. And uh, the 401k, why create that on my own? I have a self-directed that I own real estate in. You know, that's way better than what my stocks could have done. So just think thinking outside of the box versus inside that box and just kind of what the institution tells you. Uh, but it's also like what you feed your brain, right? I mean, if you're only going to your job and then you're watching the news and you're just living like society wants you to, you're going to stay in that box. But if you start feeding your brain outside things and listening to people like you and, uh, you know, really going after again, what you want, then you're just going to naturally go that way and think outside the box. So that's what I, that's how I like to, what I like to believe anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's, it's wonderful. It's, uh, you know, once people get a taste of, um, you know, what's possible and, you know, and, um, really, I think it's a lot of, it's the fear, but, you know, it's really fears that are legitimate, you know, concerns, because, you know, you have to survive and feed your family and have a shelter. So these are, these are huge decisions. And one question that I had is, uh, you know, the audience may have is, um, did you like how long did it take for you to actually prepare to take the leap? I know you I know you did it on a whim, but you know what talk about the preparation, you know, was it years, you know, were you, you know, reading about stocks, real estate, you know, three years, you know, tell us more. That's always in my mind. I knew eventually I was going to do it, but then to actually take that leap. So I was pregnant with my second kid and I, I said it was on a whim, but I was uh, I think I was like four months pregnant. And I said, when I have this baby, I'm not coming back. So I, I guess I gave myself a window, like a five, six month window there of, okay, just so you know, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back when I have the baby kind of thing. Uh, so during that time, I was, I started to wholesale. I started to get single families. We started flipping homes, started creating notes, you know, started doing all that. I was losing my butt though, let me tell you. <laughs> I was not making great decisions, but I learned a lot. Um, but I did give myself, I guess, like that little bit of cushion. So it wasn't like I walked in, said I quit and then walk out. I told him <laughs> I'm quitting, but once I have the baby. <laughs> so yeah, that's how that that went down. Yeah. Uh, that answered yeah. your question. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. It was, um, yeah, I have stories, you know, uh, you know, talking about trading from my room and you know once i was able to generate a stable income then i was like kind of side income and then eventually it was like oh i can take this full time and you know it took me actually four or five years to you know learn the lessons but um yeah it's it's quite you know the people are like like because people want out now a lot of people want to get out now and they're like you know that's like a rash decision you have to prepare and you have to make sure you have savings and you have income other income sources um, you know, your spouse. The other question is that, you know, a lot of people, they want to keep it secret, you know, for you, you were, you made it public, but you know, sometimes there's employer backlash. So what, how do you navigate that? Uh, do you keep it secret, you know, build your side income and then one day go in and, you know, say I quit, or is it like kind of the, tell, tell us more? Well, I feel like that's, everybody has a different story with that, right. Or a different situation with their employer, like you said, but I also believe that there's a lot of power with intention. So if you're just keeping it secret and it's all up in your head, then you could easily justify never pulling the trigger, right? (laughs) When you actually tell somebody and then you're like held accountable, like I'm quitting my job on a set date or 
I'm going to make enough money by a set date to be able to, to walk away from my job, then it makes it intentional. You know, you're actually going to pull through that, follow through. So I believe there's a lot in a lot of power in your words and by actually doing that and telling somebody else versus just keeping it all secret. Hmm. But I guess maybe I'm not a very secretive person anyways. I feel like you had, you were talking before, you you were talking before though, about like preparing, preparing yourself and getting things set up. And I think that's important, especially when you're needing to replace a large income. But I think a lot of, a lot of that though, could be used in the opposite way for people where then they get stuck in that. Well, if I, I don't have to make this much money before I can do this or before I can do that. And you may also always get stuck in that pattern. There's always going to be something else, right? And you just start making excuses for that. So at some point you just have to take action and just do it. It's just just like having a baby, right? So people are like, well, I'm just, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. I need to have this much money in the bank. I'm just not ready. Well, none of us are really ever ready, right? Now I have five kids and I never thought I could actually financially support five kids, but here we are. So you just, just do it. I love that. I feel like a lot of the, especially from like clients, you know, former clients, they're, uh, they're out they're in this, like, especially in healthcare where perfectionism, you know, you have to be perfect. You can't make mistakes. And so this leads to this syndrome of have to read more, you know, more podcasts, more coaching, you know, all this stuff. And it just basically kicks the can down the road. Just is a form of a, it's a rationalization of to procrastinate more. And, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of, I feel like what you're doing is like, is doing it out of faith in uh, rather than out of fear. So if you do it out of faith, then basically you're coming from a place of abundance and then fear is kind yeah. of scarcity and lack. Um, but you talk about a faith based business and um, I've heard that term before. And, um, you know, a lot, I know some entrepreneurs, they talk about faith-based business, but, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we're not here promoting, but just tell, you know, what it is and how it's helped you. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you said that a lot, you know, faith over fear type of thing, abundance over lack that, that right there says a lot. But when I started my company, I said, I wanted one of my core values to be faith and have a faith-based business. And that really is to meet anybody uh, wherever they're at on their journey and to just be open to that. Especially, you know, I'm in residential assisted living. So we're taking care of people at the end of life, taking care of families. And I just want them to feel comfortable with that and know that we really come from a, a, a place of sincerity and heart and where we really want to spiritually connect with them and be able to provide for them whatever they need on that, on their spiritual journey. Uh, yeah, I love that. And um and then the other thing is to talk about basically this idea of no limits because when once people transition from this mode of um w2 this where it's like you know your employer controls your your holds the keys to your literally holds the keys to your future and then you basically you have limits but then you talk about becoming an entrepreneur you have no limits you have you can you have control over your you know re, where your retirement assets go uh tell us more about this like idea of no limits here also your income is no limits it's up you know it's on you uh so tell us more oh gosh well, I mean I think I think you said a lot right there <laughs> it is limitless right I mean you don't have anybody telling you what you're supposed to be making a year you tell yourself that so what kind of again back to the box like what kind of box are you in thinking outside the box and just keep on growing type of thing, setting your, setting your goals and aspirations. I think from the very beginning too, taking down all those walls, you know, why, why are you limiting yourself? 
and I know, I mean, I'm sure you've been in the same situation before too, where you can only think so far ahead. You're like, okay, well, yes, I, this is what I want to do. This is my goal. And then you get there and then it's okay. Well, what's next, right? Like you got to keep expanding. You got to keep thinking bigger and bigger. And that's where I think it's really great too, to have some supportive people around you and mentors and other successful people, because they're going to really help open your eyes too, where you might think with limits, but when you start talking to them, then they start opening your mind. You're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, why, I am limiting myself. Okay. I can think bigger. Like what, how big can we make this type of thing? You know? Yeah. Sky's the limit for sure. Yeah. I love that. What were some of the reasons, oh, you know, before we talk about, you know, why you chose assisted living as that niche, what, what were some of the resources like either uh, books, podcasts, YouTube channel, you know, that you look to, to, to gain inspiration, get ideas, get mental frameworks, et cetera. First and foremost, I think networking is huge. Uh, I love networking, being around other entrepreneurs, being around other people that are going after their dreams and chasing something more. So that that's one big piece. But in terms of the other stuff, like you were talking about um, podcasts, I love just Google searching different ones and listening to something different all the time kind of whatever's on my heart, right? Like if I'm trying to think in abundance, I'm searching with that or mindset coaching. There's a whole bunch like Lewis Howes. I don't know, I'd listen to a bunch of different people and same with YouTube. Constantly just trying to fill my mind. I sleep with sleep meditation stuff on, whether it's abundance or gratitude or, you know, there's always something going into my subconscious. Yeah. You know, affirmations in the morning, but again, just always positive things, always things that are speaking to what I'm going after, uh, you know, came across you with financial freedom, like that's so big right now. And, you know, just kind of whatever, whatever I'm focused on at that time to be feeding myself that and always reading, got, always got to be reading something good. I love that. It's like, um, it's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I love podcasts, I love audible, you know, working out driving, especially driving and, you know, traffic and it's just like sitting there at the light, you know, you could be using that time and or waiting at you know offices and just um and i love this idea of just constantly feeding your mind you know, basically you're training your ras to focus in on what you feed it so that you know so important today's you know with so much negativity yeah so now we'll talk about um basically uh what prompted you i've never talked to people investing in assisted living facilities what prompted you to go into that niche yeah, that's a great question. So we were, we had some land and we were building four families. Okay. So we were set to build nine, four families on this piece of property. We had already built two, I guess. Um, and then we we're going to keep going from there. But also I was doing other real estate investing. We're flipping homes, creating notes, uh, flipping notes. I really enjoy that by the way, but we went to a creative financing seminar and we heard of this residential assisted living concept. It's like, oh my gosh, like we can do this. Like I know the healthcare piece and we're doing real estate. We know how to build. We can do all this. Like, let's really like take a look at this. We're also putting my grandma into assisted living. Right. So like there was that humanity piece of it, but from a numbers and investment standpoint, like, well, gosh, this checks all the boxes. So when we started looking at numbers and started doing some demographic research, I was like, oh my gosh, I could do build another seven, four families. And each one of these buildings is going to cost X amount. And then this is what we're going to be able to bring in. So having 36 total units on this piece of property, and at the time we were charging like $1,000 a month. So 36,000 was gonna be the total monthly that we were gonna gross. Then we looked into, okay, if we just did one of these buildings as residential assisted living, what would those numbers look like? 
I mean, it was astronomical, right? <laughs> we could charge at the time, it was like $6,000 a month per resident. We could have 16 residents in there. So what that gross was per month, and then at a 25, 30% profit margin, okay, wait, so we could build one building and I could generate this much income versus build seven more buildings and total generate this much. Okay, we got to do this, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So we just, we dove right in. I, I love that. I love that concept. You just dove right in. Um, you know, how is, you know, I also heard that uh, self-storage is also, and is also becoming more popular in a, but really, um, how, I'm not sure if you know, but how, how does it compare like resident assisted living versus like self-storage and, you know, if you, if you know. That's a great question. I, I'm really not sure how the numbers compare. Um, what I will say about assisted living is if you're the operator, obviously there's a whole lot that goes into that operation, right? Again, you're, I would say we're not selling sweaters. We're not selling storage. We're truly taking care of people at end of life. So there's a lot that goes into the actual business side of it, but, um, but that's also so rewarding. You know, I always said, I want to do something. I want to be able to help people. I want to give back. So to me, like residential assisted living is that completely, I mean, we're truly impacting lives versus like storage for me. That's great as an investment, but how am I helping people like really from my heart? So yeah, I think that's where the big difference would would be for me. Again, I don't know the numbers of self-storage, but yeah. Uh, The the other question I had was, because I've been um, reading this book called Plunder and it's talking about private equity going in and basically buying up physician practice or healthcare facilities, practices, you name it, basically consolidate. You're basically run an basically a independent where you bu- where you either build or buy these assisted living facilities and basically you know it's like it's like real estate is that is that mm-hmm. correct assumption yeah yep so we we build them or buy them and convert them by a building and convert it to be residential assisted living um and then like i said i'm actually consulting and coaching a lot of people right now on how to do this as well across the country uh but you know you're talking about a corporation coming in and buying these out and where we see a lot of opportunity and where I really hope to expand this moving forward for people to create win-wins is we have real estate investors or people that just want to own the real estate. They have no interest in actually doing this business. They want to be part of the space because they know that it's growing. Like this business, this space is not going anywhere, right? <laughs> people are getting older every day. So they want to own the real estate, but not do the business. Well, we're also teaching operators and we're teaching people how to go in and run this business, but they don't have any interest in the real estate. So if we can connect the two and truly create win-wins right (laughs) all day long and i could show you calculator after calculator at looking at these properties and how huge the cash on cash return can be on this investor and they have a long-term tenant and you know signing a five ten year lease and doing a triple net lease on top of that i mean it's it's huge right um yeah. Again, if I if I showed you the numbers, I think you'd be pretty impressed just from an investor standpoint. And then you have the operator and they're making a great return um, and teaching them how to go in and be able to quit their job pretty quickly to be able to do this and have their their financial and time freedom as well. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. So interesting. Uh, so many opportunities, so many different strategies. Um, how can people contact you? I know you're on most of the major social media platforms and uh, reach out to you, check out your work, et cetera. Yeah. Um, my name is Lindsay McLaughlin. So, I mean, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I think my Instagram is the mompreneur life 101, but my business is RAL optimized, RAL optimized. So if you go to RAL, you can contact us through there or find me on Instagram or LinkedIn through there as well. Yeah. 
And th- thanks uh, so much for coming on to the podcast for the audience. Lindsay's resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for a very enlightening episode. I'm sure a lot of people are uh, really resonate with your message. And uh, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.